today we are doing something a little bit different. We've got sort of a holiday special uh, with our good friend Keith Pulvermacher. Um, he's got a new album, 45 Story, coming out soon. And we got special access and wanted to play you a song off of that uh, called Fog. And after we play that, we are going to share our uh, interview with Keith. He was kind enough to lend us some of his time and answer some questions about the new album. And uh, we wanted to share that with you. And uh, that's what we're going to do. So first take a listen to Fog and then stay tuned for our interview with the wonderfully talented Keith Pulvermacher. When the fog comes rolling in I can't see where I've been Or where I'm going I've been keeping my head down Looking at the ground below my feet When the dreams all disappear Like the past it isn't clear No way of knowing Which direction I should take Faith is all that's left here to guide me Well I've learned a thing or two But now my vision isn't what it used to be And I get lost again seem familiar but time has changed the places I have known I know everyone is in the dark sometimes so when I feel alone I try to scream a little louder so maybe someone out there hears my voice Get lost again Every now and then When the fall Comes rolling in Oh 
edition of Music Review Roulette. Uh, this week we have artist Keith Pulbermacher. He's from the Oconomowoc area, and he has a new album coming out called 45 Story. Welcome, Keith. Hi, guys. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. So you got a new album coming out. Tell us a yeah. little bit about 45 Story and um, that process and what inspired you. Um, a lot of things inspired me, but 45 Story is basically... Um, you know, kind of like half point of, of, uh, I wrote it when I was 45 and, and started working on it when I was 45 and a lot of contemplation and reconnection and trying to reconnect with myself and reconnect with, um, everybody else around me kind of spurred on by, you know, the diagnosis of my, my dad, um, and just kind of, kind of recalibrating, um, what I want to achieve in life and what I want to do. Uh, with the music. Yeah. Yeah. What specifically happened with your dad, too? I'm just curious. Um, he, he got diagnosed with cancer a couple of years ago, and, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, his attitude's amazing. But, um, you know, it just kind of made me look internally and look at his life and kind of like look at, at what I want to achieve with mine, uh, with, mm-hmm. with whatever time I have left or whatever that is. Right, you know, right. and that's very interesting that that you you brought that up about Forty Five Story in general because I think uh, your last album Midwestern, which we reviewed on the podcast, probably about the time when we started doing the podcast, was very early. Um, it, that album, to me, has uh, a, a lot of reminiscing as well. It's talking about your grandparents, the old dirt road, you know, um, those memories. Uh, those sorts of things, but I think the album this time around is much more 
introspective. It's much more deep. It's much more real to the nitty gritty. You know, those lyrics are talking about, especially the fog, um, the song that, that we'll be listening to later, just talks about, you know, when, when the fog comes in and you're looking around and you don't know which way to go, um, you know, you got to reach out to, to people and, and find your way. You know, so that's very different than going down the old dirt road, you know. Oh, I'll tell you, it's, much, it's a much more present record, you know. Yes. Um, to, to me, it's a, it's a much more in the moment, uh, here's where I am, here's how I feel, and and really kind of putting that out there so that other people who, I mean, I talk to a lot of people, obviously, just, just playing music all the time, and, and I, I notice a common thread and a lot of people just trying to like <laughs> figure out where they go from here, you know. I think um, the topics that you that you brought up that are real are things that everybody can relate to. Well, I hope so. I mean, I I, I don't think that anybody's really alone if they really reach out and kind of like let people in, you know. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's just one way. I want to use the music to connect rather than trying to. You know, I've tried social media in the past, and <laughs> that doesn't work too good. Um, and, Not quite real. <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, I mean the music, and I do want to connect people. I I don't want it to come off as divisive. I do think that we, I do think we share, and and I I do think that uh, you know just sharing that musically is going to be is going to speak volumes longer than any you know flash in the Facebook post or Instagram feed thing, you know. Yeah, when when I was listening to the album, and I, the first time I heard it was today, actually. So there seemed to be like a continuity about it. It, it almost seemed like a love letter to maybe your wife or your family, but I can see how maybe that's um, bigger than just your your family intermediately. Maybe that's something to to all people who you you run into. Maybe there's is there like a underlying sort of treat people better type of message there? Well, I feel, um, I mean, I mean, everything I want to do is, is to lead by example. And, and, and I, I don't ever try to do anything wrong. Um, Mm -hmm. um, You know, there's just, I I definitely feel like the only thing I can do to kind of like, uh, to 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 connect and and to make a difference is just to do it myself and then try to inspire other people to do it on their own too, instead of trying to tell them to do it or or you know I don't I definitely don't feel like I deserve to come off self righteous you know I, I've had I, I've been uh, to do that so um, yeah. you know it's it's just it's just. It's just a way for me, like, I feel people who have great blessings have great responsibility. And I do feel, um, you know, I've been given a, a gift in order to develop. And I, I've been willing to work hard to develop it. Um, I'm not saying anything about that. But but I do, I do think that, you know, if people have something to give, they, they need to find a way to, to give it so that they can fulfill their purpose and really make a difference with their purpose. And that's all I'm trying to do. Yeah. Well, and speaking of, you have a new campaign that you'll be launching uh, January 1st called Always Be Here For You, which is one of the songs off of the album. Um, uh-huh. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, well, that was just kind of a putting my money where my mouth is 
uh, and put my example where for what I for what I do try to talk about, and I'm not going to even say preach, but some people think I preach, um, but they can take well, that for what it is. Yeah, talk uh, the talk and walk the walk, right? Base, yeah, basically. I mean, you know, I think that a lot of people need help. I think that we need to care about the poor and the sick. I think we need to care about you know people who are less fortunate than us, and and uh, and so what I wanted to do with that song is is Give it to, I, I initially started thinking about one charity, giving it to one charity over the course of, you know, and whatever, however long it was, I didn't really decide. And then um, I thought, well, why can't I do it with a bunch of charities? And and then I was like, well, maybe I can do more. I know a lot of people, and I think a lot of people would get behind it if I if I built it. So I started reaching out to some friends of mine who, who um, you know, are involved in our uh are kind of activists in their in their purpose as well, and are able to donate some money to each cause. So I'm I look I'm looking for you know a, a corporate sponsor to give five grand to each charity that I am donating a song to for a month, and um, just trying to create a a culture of of really really being here for each other. I give my my song and my talent, I'm, and every, I'm going to give a hundred percent of that song for that month. So if you know if seventeen hundred dollars comes in, I'm going to write a check for seventeen hundred dollars for whatever charity is is sponsored that month. If you know, but a hundred percent of it's going to that. And and uh, and right now I have about six or seven charities solidified, and six or seven um, uh, corporate sponsors solidified and and I'm building a website and that's launching January 1st and it's been a it's probably been a bigger project than the than the than the record cuz I know how to make the music but the charity thing I've had to kind of figure out as I go. Well, that's that's a a great way to give back, absolutely. Um so this album you recorded uh with Ryan Rosbo in in Nashville. Uh-huh. Um and Talk about that process. What was it like to go to Nashville? You know, a lot of us, especially musicians, are are used to um, going to some local studios. Um, you, you did some recording at, uh, with uh, Kevin Arndt at the Exchange as well, but um, not very many of us get the chance to go down to Nashville. So what was that experience like? Um, well, I mean, I, I do have a lot of friends in Nashville, and, and uh, Ryan just happens to live there, and he's been down there for, you know, 10 or 12 years. I somewhere in there but um so it was pretty comfortable for me actually i mean i mean the biggest nightmare was getting down there and not missing the plane <laughs> i mean yeah, that was quite was, a story that was that was yeah that i mean that would have been a ten thousand dollar mistake honestly <laughs> if i would have if i would have missed the plane because i had to be down there sunday to, to do all the bed tracks and then the rest of the week was all the vocals and the overdubs and you know any any repairs that we had to, to do to some of the tracks and 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 some of the guys only were there for two or three days. So we had to get that squeezed in. But if those bed tracks weren't laid on that Sunday, and if I would have missed that plane, then it would have derailed the whole thing. Maybe we would only got six songs track versus the the twelve that we we were able to to nail down. And and uh, it was I mean it was pretty it was it was pretty like I I haven't felt that anxious when my kids were born. You know. <laughs> so what what made it uh, cause it? Time there wasn't, so close or almost wasn't there a bunch of things? A bunch of things went wrong leading to that process, right? Well, the first I had a I had a session booked on December twenty sixth, the day after Christmas, 
where I did have 10 people in Milwaukee. And, uh, and the pipes person, my duplex and my tenant called me and said, uh, I think, I think the pipes are leaking because I can, I can hear spraying in the walls. And it was like 20 below zero. And I knew immediately I was like, Oh, this session is done. And I ran down and it was raining in the basement. And I just ended up scratching the whole thing and call everybody was really super understanding and, uh, and, and was great. But, but I knew I had the January and then three days after that, I hit a year and totaled my car. Um, and then. January 14th was the day that I I, I had to be the, – the plane was boarding at 6.15, and I woke up in Oconomowoc at 5.19. And I, I Yeah. I, I For some reason, I never do this, but I laid out all my clothes, and I had everything sitting there, and I was out of the house in four minutes, and I was to the airport by 6 o'clock. <laughs> but I, I, made, I made the plane with three minutes left, and I was, like, all crippled up because – I was dehydrated and hyperventilating. And <laughs> I, have a, I mean, I wish somebody would have got it on video because it had to be ridiculously funny. <laughs> but you made it. I did, I did. And it was it was actually, by the time Downbeat happened on Music Row in Nashville, and everybody was down there, the engineer, I had a, a Dan Needham was playing drums um, because my drummer was all busted up. And so I had some hired guys coming down and, my keyboard player was down there. My bass player was down there, and, and Ryan was obviously down there, and I was down there. But by the time Downbeat hit at noon, I was like, "Well, this is the easy part. I, you know, I just got to play now." So I mean, there was actually, I mean, in hindsight, it, all this stuff that has kind of like hit the fan has turned out as a positive to me, and I've, I've started to learn to kind of enjoy it because it's more exciting when when shit hits the fan and 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 you you know you you stick to landing, <laughs> right? You know, Absolutely. so. So, what's more exciting to you as a singer-songwriter, in the studio, collaborating and and recording, or playing live, whether that's solo or with the band? Um, I think. I mean, I think you have to love all of it if you're going to do this for a living. Um, I mean, they're, they're different animals for sure. I mean, my favorite thing is absolutely creating. So. So being in the studio and collaborating with with like-minded people who who are who are contributing, where there's there's no there's no competition. It's just love and respect and 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 trying to make the best music possible. With, I mean, everybody's in the room for a reason, you know. So I mean, um, there's to me working with whoever I work with. If I'm if I'm in there, I, I mean. I, I don't want to work with people I don't love, and I'm not, I don't want to work with people I don't respect. And when it comes to my project, I can pick and choose who's in the room. So I mean, to me, I, I respect everybody I'm working with, and and I just I just want to bring you know I have everybody put the best foot forward, and 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 play from a place that's that's uh, honest, so that the performances come out honest, and and if that happens then, you know, that's the best that we can do at that time. And and I I think it translates in the in the in the product, especially this time around. Um and, you know, I mean I still I still listen to it with critical ears and I don't think I'll ever be truly happy. Um <laughs> but uh I, I I am proud of it. I I am proud of it for sure and I, I definitely feel like everybody did do their best, and and that's all that's all I can ask for, you know. Did you work with the producer this time on this album? Well, Ryan, Ryan is Ryan produced uh, the Midwestern thing. Uh, I mean, I definitely, I 
I have my share of ideas. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not shy about sharing what I think needs to happen. And, and I mean, we've got a great relationship. I've known him for almost 20 years. And, uh, so, you know, the relationship I have with him is definitely, you know, deeper than just, Oh, Hey, do you want to, you know, just a hired producer guy who, who's, you know, I mean, there's, there's, there's skin in the game for both of us, for sure. I mean, and, and absolutely, well, I played with him and Chase and Mason and, um, and, uh, just, there's an absolute respect that is reciprocated both ways. So, um, you know, without sounding too lovey dovey, but it's, it's true. I mean, that, that, so Ryan is, uh, I, I absolutely respect his ability and his talent and, his opinions and his insight and it's really easy to work with somebody who's, and we're critical of each other you know so I mean it really there is push and pull for sure but I think there's push and pull with everybody I work with but in a really healthy way you know well I would I would agree with that um, I think you know you have a very tight circle of some amazing musicians and producers and things but you also have some really great people that you work with and great relationships. So um, not only are you good friends with everybody in, you know, in the band that you have, but you've got some pretty darn good uh, players too. Do um, you want to tell everybody who who uh, you typically pay, play with? Uh, I play with you. <laughs> I play okay, with yes, yes. And so I wasn't one specifically of them. talking about me, but thank you. No, no, uh, I play with uh, as you know, Peter Thomas, but uh, I've played with John Calarco for probably about 15 years now um, in multiple different projects. Dave Adler um, on keys. John Wheeler I've known since I was 19 years old. And and uh, now Rob Anthony's in the band, and he's a Fox Valley guy. Um, and he was he, he toured with the Bodines for a little bit uh, a couple years ago. Um, so... Uh, I, I mean, I, I do play with multiple people. I've got Jason Eskridge coming up from Nashville for the CD release party. Yeah. Um, but honestly, like, I don't want to share the stage with people I don't care about. I just don't. Um, you know what? You can you can tell the the way that everybody is so um, I don't know intertwined or the, the way people play together on stage is, is just very tight. Everybody you know can read each other. Um, so for me, it was a huge um, accomplishment and, and honor to play on that stage with all of you great musicians. So I'm not trying to float your boat, but um, you know, I don't take it, I don't I, I appreciate that, but I don't take it like that. You're on the stage for a reason. I know you don't. I know you don't. I, but, I would um, agree. I, I'd say it's tight, but there's also a lot of room for um, improvisation. I, I see. You know, there's a lot of room that you give them, probably because you trust them as musicians, I would guess. Well, they can all play, and I mean, yeah. I mean we, we, you know, I mean, if we're going to take it out, a lot of times we don't even rehearse it, you know, I mean, you know, there, there is a little bit of talk, maybe, about how to come in and, and how we will, uh, you know, approach it, but once, once we kind of, like, take the train down that track, it's... We don't we don't necessarily know where it's going to go. I mean, everybody in the band can improv uh, relatively well and um, or very well. And and you know, I, I mean, 
if somebody doesn't know where to go, I mean, silence doesn't make any mistakes, so there's nothing wrong with just stopping playing if, unless you know what you want to play. And, and um, it's, that's just years and years of, years of, of being in multiple different situations where you just, you know, you know what to do at this point. You know, it's like being a pilot and you hit turbulence and you don't freak out anymore. You're just like, well, now I know where to fly the plane, you know. So, I mean, um, you know, and I, and I just, I, they are all very accomplished and, and, uh, and I, I trust that they're going to play the right thing. And if they don't, you know, I mean, there's, there's something to be said with, for playing the wrong notes too. I mean, that could be sometimes a happy accident or, <laughs> or a learning experience for those two. But if you play it twice, it was on purpose. Yes. <laughs> Close enough for jazz. <laughs> uh- Speaking of that, so there's one song in particular on the new album, The Fog, that mm-hmm. I hear a lot of influence from maybe John Mayer, um, mm-hmm. where it sounds a lot like less, like, I guess I'm used to hearing from you, and uh, there's sort of like a drier drum sound, and, you know, that song is probably my favorite on there, just because it's it's so different, and I really, really like the production on it. Um, how did you kind of make that song a little bit different from the others was that intentional or something that just happened no we didn't we didn't try it all as 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 soon as we we started uh working on that song like there was a moment in the everybody knew that was going to be a different track uh from the engineer to Ron, to me everybody we were listening to the drum drop does like dude listen to the groove on that and and honestly like i mean the John Mayer comparison a lot um, with the way I play, but John Mayer came up around the same time I did, and I think we just had a lot of similar influences. I absolutely love John Mayer's playing, and I think that he's a very tasteful, thoughtful uh, guitarist, and probably one of my favorites, along with Bonham and uh, Clapton. I like I like players that that are thoughtful and and aren't just spitting notes. Um, I like, I like where there's a while. I like where there's something that I can sink my teeth into and just kind of close my eyes and, and, and feel the ebb and flow of the riffs and, uh, the notes so that there's, there's just, there's something more. Um, but I have always focused as a, as a player on, there were three things my dad told me when I was eight, nine years old, he said, there's three things. You need to have feel, you need to be clean, and you need to have good time. And um, and and, I, and speed was never in the equation. You know, speed was never mm-hmm. something that... So, um, you know, as much as... I mean, don't just decide to play like John, you know? I mean, uh, there's, there's I think, some... Simil- I think you both have blues influence. Absolutely. Which, which makes it very unique and, and different and soulful. So what, what I love about The Fog that makes it, I think, different is, you know, the topic of the whole song is, you know, losing your way and not finding your way. But in the background, you have this very steady, catchy guitar part that is like the rock. That's like you just keep going, you just keep moving. And then over the top, you have not only this really bluesy guitar line, but you've got these, you know, great harmonies. Um, and, and those things are all changing but in the in the background, you got this steady guitar part that's constantly there, and it keeps coming back. 
Um, I think that's what caught my ear. So all those things, whether it was intentional or not, um, to me just, it, it goes along with that 45 story of those things that happen in life and the journey, the journey of life. Right. Yeah, I mean, the track, the track, I, I, the thing I really do like about the record is the amount of music that's in this record that's not stepping on each other. You know, yeah. I mean, if you, if you want to hear the cello, there's certain points the cello comes in. If you want to hear the piano or the, or the organ, if you just, if you just close your eyes and focus on that, you can hear everything. You can hear the, the, uh, the acoustic part. You can hear the electric parts. You can hear the piano intertwining with the guitars and just a lot of musicality that's, that's, that, that has happened on this record that some people are going to catch and some people aren't. And that's not up to me to like tell people like or not like, you know, it's just, I like I I I I like musicality. I like you know. I mean, I listen to songs like "Grand Mandolin Rain" by Bruce Hornsby, and and it's 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 reminiscent to me of of that kind of stuff, and um and and those are great songs. Like I don't really care about being trendy or or uh, or trying to follow somebody else's sound. You know, if it happens, I mean, it happens, but um, it's definitely not intentional. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of restraint from the players because each one of them could be a soloist and just go off. But like you said, they pick their places and come in and out, and it, it I think it's it's a lot better that way because, like you said, nobody's stepping on each other's toes. Otherwise, we're a jam band, you know. I mean, we're just gonna be jamming, and 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 you know, I mean, we're gonna, you know, we might as well just go and play thirty minute songs. Uh, in E minor and smoke a little <laughs> weed and, and like let's let it rip, you know. But um, but uh, I mean the thoughtfulness of listening to each other is where, where it becomes musical. And if we're not listening to each other, then what are we doing? I mean, then we're just playing for ourselves. And I don't think music. I don't think there's any room to be selfish in music until it's your turn to to take your little moment, you know. Other than that, the song should come first. And if the song doesn't come first, you should go back to your room and start listening to songs that. To come first and learn how to do that. Absolutely. Yeah, totally agreed. Well, yeah. um, we did talk a little bit just really quickly about uh, influences like John Mayer, probably some uh, Bruce Hornsby you mentioned. Are there any Milwaukee bands that you take influence from? Or, you know? Um, I don't know. Um, I mean, <laughs> I mean, this is going to go back a ways, but I, I really liked uh, Citizen King. Um, yes. Back in, I mean, this is you know the '90s, but I really like Citizen King. I thought that they were thoughtful in their in their process. Um, the Bodines I grew up with, so I mean, um, you know, I always I'm, I've always been a fan of pop sensibility. I've always been a fan of 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 sinking my teeth into in, into a, a good pop um, hook. But at the same time, I've also been a huge fan of like soul singers and soulful players, whether it's Aretha Franklin or or um, or, and I mean, soul music could be subjective. I mean, what's to say that bluegrass isn't soulful, you know? Um, but I I I think you know gospel music and and blues and and stuff that just was coming from a place that was this is all these people had to sink their teeth this is what was keeping them alive was was the music and 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 their and their their connection with the other people that listen to this music and and you could feel it in 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 the songs i mean 
to me that that's that's where it's that's where it's real you know i mean i love and the and the new artists that are out whether it's whether it's jason isbell or um and 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 his honesty going back to springsteen as a songwriter and i do a lot of i study a lot of songwriters um and whether it's neil young or james taylor or or um uh you know i just study a lot of 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 people who have different perspectives to try to try to just pick a little golden nugget of of wisdom and and a lot of times I've noticed that I'm like, I kind of feel like I already know those things, you know? Just to remind yeah. yourself. Yeah. 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 But I do, yeah. I do feel like, you know, I mean, I'm not a kid, you know, I do pay attention and I, and, uh, um, I've been playing music my whole life pretty much. I mean, except for the first five years <laughs> and, uh, and I was even doing it then. I was just singing, singing songs with my dad in the, in the living room or with my family and, and um and so it's just a part of me and so to not pay attention to the bigger picture you know i don't i don't really feel like it's about me you know i I mean i have this ability to to play and 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 uh but if if it becomes about me then i I need to recalibrate and rethink and and restructure my perspective so that the music's better absolutely well, I think that's a good place to end as we uh wrap up the interview here um but keith you do have a CD release coming out soon. Um, uh, your album, 45 Story, will be out uh, December. You want to talk a little bit about your uh, your event coming up? I uh, The CD release party is going to be at Collectivo. Um, thanks, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> a happy mistake. Another happy mistake. Yes, yes, because they're all supported too. But um, it's going to be at Collectivo on December 28th. Tickets are for sale at pathseater.org um, there's some left but they are moving so if people are interested uh, I oh, do no. I do think it's uh, kind of important that because once they're gone they're gone and um, and I'm not going to be able to change the number of capacity so I'm I'm really excited I'm really excited to play with some friends I got uh, my producer is coming up from Nashville Jason's coming up from Nashville and I'm excited to play with the band because I do a lot of solo shows and going to be fun. Yeah. And you got uh, Zach Petrini who will be opening who we read yeah. on the show too. Yeah, and, thank you uh, for mentioning that too because I'm really grateful yeah. that you're doing that and and Yes. And well, really, we love uh, Zach too. We reviewed him on the on the show before and got a lot of fans that listen that like Zach, so. I'm really I'm really I'm really envious of his mustache. Very envious. <laughs> he's got he's got a fabulous mustache. <laughs> Does he still have a show just for that? <laughs> I don't know, that's funny. He does still yeah. have that mustache. So yeah, definitely check that out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he makes it, one hell of a meatball, I'll tell you that. He does. I, yes, a spicy meatball. <laughs> spicy <Yeah>. meatball. <laughs> <laughs> well thank you, Keith. It was great to have yeah, you on the podcast so and uh um good luck at the, the C D release. Well thanks for uh thanks for inviting me on and I appreciate it and um and uh, thanks for what you guys are doing for the community. I think it's cool. I mean, anybody who's, you know, supporting local music and, and getting the message out there is commend. I, I tip my hat for sure. Well, thank you. Thanks, Keith. All right, guys. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.